Hi everybody, welcome to uh, episode 8 of Satellite 664. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Kaz Tagian, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Steve Lupe Newhouse from uh, Romford, Essex. Good morning, sir. Is it? Uh, no, it's evening over here, Kaz. What time is it over there? Oh, no, don't try me on that way. It's uh, 10 to 11pm. Oh, you're still, you're still the day before. Oh, well, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's Tuesday the fifth of November here. It's a public holiday. I'm not at work, and just enjoying the sunshine and uh, talking to you, good sir. So uh, here we are, episode eight. Um, now we were number eight already. Sorry, number eight already. Number eight already. Number eight. Um, my lucky number, by the way. Um, we were due to have a special guest today to discuss um, to sort of put the finishing touches. Or the, or the the closing chapter on uh, our 1983 series, but unfortunately um, our guest wasn't uh, available today um, due to unforeseen circumstances. So we'll have him back on at a later date. But um, it's just you and me today, and it's um, it's an interesting show. It's uh, what I would call so a it's news round. As a news round, that's right. This news is a, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be an eclectic collection of of uh, interesting yet random uh, news points that we're going to talk about so uh, um, yeah, we, won't, we won't bore you for too long on this one no no it'll be <laughs> well knowing us we say it's going to be short sharp and to the point but we'll probably end up talking for an hour anyway so <laughs> all right that's what we do that's what we do <laughs> all right where do you want to let's go the um let's um, let's blow the blow the whistle and kick off right today i heard um that um, the cart and horses um looks like it's now going to be closed until probably easter wow um uh, the reason being is that um building work is at the stop um because uh, there's a, a brand new well they did say brand new there's a thing called tfl uh, which is Transport for London. They're opening up what they call the, the Elizabeth Line. Um, and that runs from where I am in Romford and eventually it'll make its way like one line all the way down to East Road, which like for me is going to be brilliant. One train all the way to go to some spotting. Love it. Um, what's happened is it's uh, where Castro's builders have been building down at the basement. The, um, the wall between the pub cellar and the other side of that wall is the actual track for this new railway. Um, now, whether it's a, it's a matter of subsidence or it's a simple case that the wall needs strengthening because the rattling might pull the, pull the whole pub down. Um, the TFL have actually stopped the building work. Wow. So until that's, um, until that's been sorted out, uh, the pub now remains closed again. All building has stopped and it looks like a, an Easter opening. Easter. Steve, could you <clears throat> briefly explain to us subsidence, the whole concept of subsidence? A subsidence, basically, it's um, a collapse. Imagine like, you know, um, like a sort of building on on clay that could eventually sort of slip away. If you're building on rock, oh. it's not a problem. But I, I don't know what the foundations are like underneath uh, Castro's pub. But if it's anything like some of the old uh, East End buildings, you know, a lot of that was sort of built on, on sort of sand and mud bank, and you know, it, it, 
if something's not done now, there is the potential for the pub to sort of collapse onto the tracks and you imagine the chaos that will cause. So it's easy for TFL to go in there, get that supported now. Um, and then like, the work on the inside of the pub can mm. continue. So, so what's the estimated um, proximity of the wall of the pub to the actual line that they're building? I don't know how thick those walls are. Um, I can only estimate, I guess, of possibly two two feet thick at the most. Two yeah, feet not, thick. This is not so long. <laughs> it's not a lot. Because see, they're supporting the weight of that that whole wall up that side of the pub. Wow. And then now that, now that Castro's been sort of digging down, there is nothing on the other side of the wall to support it. Wow. Steve, I mean, um, uh, for those who have been to <clears throat> the cart and horses, could you orientate us as to which um, side? Is it on the main entrance side? Is it, or, or what used to be the old main entrance side? Is it on the... the... Imagine, imagine you're just staring at the, the door of the pub where everybody used to go in. So you go through that door and you've got the bar directly in front of you. Yeah. It's that, that wall to the far left. The wall that, um, if, I mean, if you came out of the pub and turned right, you'd go over the bridge where the rail, the rail right. runs underneath. So it's, it's that wall. Wow. And also, too, I guess um, the other issue that comes to mind is noise. What, um, how will the, the rail line <clears throat> impact the, the actual pub as far as noise and vice versa? If, if, well, from what I understand, it's all going to be soundproofed. Right. Well, it, it has to be. Mm. So I don't think, um, well, I don't think the people in the trains will complain too much about the noise. Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. No, I meant more vice versa. I meant more the other way. Yeah, the, the uh, trains. How we're... My, my concern more than anything is the vibration of the trains on that wall. Mm. And, it, and this, I think, is why TFL have gone, yeah, we, we've got to stop, we've got to do something about this. Mm. Very interesting. Well, we'll watch that development with uh, with great yes. interest. Yeah, I mean, once I, mean, I find out more, I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, so. Easter's, Easter's only... Um, well, Easter's only what less than six months away now. It's uh... well, it, it's it's crazy how these things work. But by the time Easter comes, Burfest will be out of the way. Out of the leading way. Leading seam seamlessly, seamlessly. See, see, how I did that. <laughs> uh, leading seamlessly onto the little mention I'd like to make about Burfest. Yes. Um, right, Burfest is on September. Uh, no, Saturday, the seventh of March. September should be now. Um, Right, now, we still have a few tickets for this, and what I'd like to do is read out the, a list of bands. Um, we have Kane, Absolver, Titan, Air Force, Elixir, and Blaze Bailey headlining. Wow. Blaze now, Bailey. As I said, there are still a few tickets available. Well, it's quite a few, a lot more than we, we'd hoped. So this is a little shout-out to anybody that's interested I know it's a long way to come, but people are actually coming over from the States. Oh. Got people coming over from Canada, um, all over Europe. Which, I mean, these people come every year, and it's always great to see them. So, good to see Mika and Daniel and those guys again. Uh, but the tickets are available from birthfest.co.uk. £16.50. Wow. Excellent. I mean, only, uh, for all those bands, that's a nothing price. There's a bar. 
I'm not going to offer food because we won't have any. We probably won't eat ourselves because, because I'm busy. But um, there's, there's a bar. <laughs> so to put it into <laughs> to put into perspective, the Carton Horses opens Easter to the to 2020. Yeah, so yeah that's right. And Burfest is a month before that. Yes. So yes, there's, yes. A, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in that uh, with those sorts of well, we, we were kind of hoping that... Uh, that I was kind of hoping that the cart would actually be up and running before Burfest mm. to try and use that as a meeting point. Maybe even go down and have a bit of a, like a celebration the night before, mm. and then go on to do the cart the following uh, Burfest the following day. How but, many, um, how many as, tickets? As it stands, that, that's not going to happen. Now, how so. many? How many more tickets are available for Burfest? Say again, sorry. How many tickets are available as it stands for Burfest? Um, I believe that how many tickets are left? Uh, uh, for what? At least a hundred. At least a hundred. Okay. Good. Yeah, so, but, I mean, what, what I'll do is that I will get a bit more information from Andy, uh, my partner, um, uh, because we've not been given any figures from the venue itself as to how many they have left. But I know we have around about a hundred. Okay. Uh, so Andy's done quite well. Um, okay. But we now need to know not what they've got left, put the two figures together. Mm. And there'd be a lot of people who don't actually know much or anything about Burfest. Um, now, we do and we will eventually do a, a full or a, or a longer show about it, or we'd hope to anyway. But just briefly, let's talk about what Burfest is and what it's designed for. Yeah, Burfest, um, it was started four years ago. Well, this is our fourth year. Next year is our fourth year. Um, and it's basically, it's, it's in memory of Clive Burr. Mm. And the idea is, well, because Clive died from uh, multiple cirrhosis, we donate money to MS Action. Mm. Uh, this is supported by Clive's wife, Mimi. Yeah. Um, so uh, the idea is to try and raise as much money as we possibly can. Now, MS, MS Action. Yeah, and MS Action was the organisation that basically offered Clive the uh, her services towards the end of his life, correct? Uh, yes, yeah, as far as, as far as I'm aware, yeah. And then, as I said, like Mimi is, is you know, she's backing us 100%. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It is, a very, um, it is a very debilitating disease, um, and anybody who knows somebody afflicted with MS could attest to that. It it has profound effects on um, on, on every aspect of one's health. So um, and the end stages can can be extremely bad. So because it is a progressive degeneration of the nervous system of the of the brain and spinal cord and everything else that connects, which is the whole body. So um, mm. You know, it's a significant disease with a significant sort of burden of morbidity, and um, this is a terrific cause. Burfest is a very good cause, and I think Absolutely. I think no, everybody, you, you not now, just sorry. Now, now you can understand why we would like to sell as many tickets as possible. You know, this this is all for an extremely good cause. Yeah, and really, I'd like we'd really like to encourage everybody, all Maiden fans, particularly Maiden fans in the UK, and particularly Maiden fans in the London area, 
London, Essex sort of area to get out and support this. Um, yeah. it's, it's a great cause. I mean, there's, there's people coming, as you said, from the United States. There's people yeah. coming from Europe. Um, and, and it's great to see because, yes, they are coming for the music, but they also have an appreciation of just how, um, how sad and quite serious this disease actually is. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 all right, I mean, Clive was, he became not a role model, that's the, that's the, that's the wrong, it's the wrong sort of word, but if people talk about MS in the music business, mm. he is one of the, one of the names that gets mentioned yeah. frequently. Yeah, it's, 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 again, if you're in the London area, if you're in the, anywhere in the UK, go and support this course. It, it, it's, A, you're going to get to see some incredible bands. I mean, I love Air Force um, and, you know, I mean, Blaze, Blaze is the, the crown and the jewel of the whole thing, really. So, um, go well, on. I mean, not only you've, you've got Blaze as the amazing connection, yeah. Um, Air Force, Dougie Sampson. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, and you've also got Titan. Now, Titan, the bass player, is Kev Riddles, mm. who used to be with Angel Witch, who used to play at the Camden Music Machine yeah. back in the early days with, with Maiden, back in the 79. Yeah, it's all... You know, it's, so all it, it's all these little connections. That's what I was going to say. Till, wait till next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were already working on uh, 2021. Wow. And I, I, I can't... Uh, <clears throat> I can't, at the moment... So for definite, so I won't mention any band names at all. But if they uh, if they stick to it, if they stick to the agreement, then twenty twenty one, it is it's going to blow your mind. It really wow, will blow your mind. Wow! Wow! Well, we'll we'll wait uh, with anticipation for that for sure. That's excellent. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this is why Andy brought me in because of the contacts I've got. <laughs> now, Loopy, I was um, yes, dear. I was looking. I was looking at I was looking at my diary the other day, and um, I was just jotting something down like a, like a function that I've got, and um, I saw the date November November nine Saturday November nine, and um, it sort of triggered it triggered a thought about that date, and then and then you and I spoke about that date a bit later, yeah. and uh, I came to the realization that it is the fortieth anniversary of. Uh, a certain uh, release. Now, what could that be? I don't know. It's got, it's got a red cover. Uh, not many, not many copies were pressed. Um, was it, was it a, a, an EP? I think so. And uh, it was, it was recorded by a band who, instead of partying on New Year's Eve, were in the record, were in the recording studio on New Year's Eve of. 1978 going into 79 yeah I was there <laughs> go on then yes 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 uh, what Kaz is talking about is uh, the Soundhouse tapes obviously Iron Man's EP released on the 9th of November 1979 which is 40 years old this coming Saturday God. and it's that's just mind blowing it really is mind blowing um, to think how how cold it was. <laughs> uh, driving up there wasn't so bad, driving up to Cambridge. 
um, roads were sort of fairly clear, but overnight, on the first uh, first night we were there, the snow came down and there was a, at least a foot on the ground. Um, I remember Paul Cairns, uh, a lot of people were going, was he there? Wasn't he there? Yes, he was there. Why the band have never acknowledged that, I don't know. Yeah. But yes, Paul was there. Um, he curled up in his van. He had, a, uh, had his own dog. I forgot the dog's name, but the dog went everywhere with him. And he and the dog curled up in the back of his van, and that kept him warm all night. I slept in a, in a sleeping bag on the floor in the studio. Um, Deano called a nurse and he disappeared off somewhere. Um, I think a couple, a couple of guys actually went, went back to the nurse's house and sort of slept on the floor there or something. Um, and me and Steve, I think, ended up on the floor in the studio. Um, I mean, obviously, back in those days, there wasn't a lot of money about. So, there was sort of cups of tea, you can make limitless cups of tea all day long. Mm. Um, but I think we actually lived on bacon sandwiches because that's all we could afford. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, it, as I said, thinking back, you know, was, uh, Steve's gear was set up in one room. And although he, well, all, all three members of the band, was like Dave, Steve, or four, I should say, Dave, Steve, uh, um, Dougie, and Paul Cairns all played in the studio together, but their equipment was in rooms scattered all over the place, so you know, different sound effects and whatever. And, uh, it just, well, you know, 40 years on, you know, you know the result, you've heard it enough times. They, um, the band wanted to, uh, to take the half inch or the two inch tape with them, like the main, main tape. Um, but, uh, we couldn't afford to buy it there and then. Like, they, the studio wanted an extra 50 quid for it. So Steve said, well, look, I've got the money now. Give me like a week, two weeks. I'll get the money and I'll come back and I'll pick it up. And uh, when he got up there, the uh, guys in the studio obviously had no money either, and they ended up going over. They they completely wiped out another band. Oh, and uh, you know, we were gutted because uh, it meant we couldn't put it in a decent studio or another studio. To, to mix it or produce it, what we came away with, like the half-inch reel, was it? Oh. And we all, you know, we, we all came away with our own sort of copies of the cassette, which cost us like I think we all paid sort of about three and a half, four quid each for it. But um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is now. It's uh, it, it's just frightening. Forty years ago this weekend, and I bet it doesn't. Uh, and I bet it doesn't even. It only. And that's an old cliche, but I bet it only feels like yesterday. I still remember a lot of it. Mm. I don't still remember a lot of it. I mean, the snow, and, you know, it, was just, it was so bloody cold. Did you? <laughs> so it, one of the, um, amongst Iron Maiden collectors, to have an original, uh, you know, genuine repressing of the Soundhouse tapes is by some looked on as the holy grail of collectibles. Um, I believe you have an original. Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yours was yeah, um, 
Go on. I, I actually I actually got my uh, pressing um, Sony a couple of years ago because I had the original pressing, which um, I moved a few times and all my singles disappeared. Wow. All my made all my made every single I had disappeared. Um, and I spoke to uh, Keith Wilfort and he he brought me a copy over from um, from LA and that sat in a plastic sleeve until my friend Darren Witt remembered to bring me the actual cover. So the chances are the cover is a reprint, the single is original. Oh, okay, so the actual, the media as it were is original, the cover is a reprint. But it, are, those, yeah. are those counterfeits or sort of, um, you know, non-original pressings, are they still appropriate to that era? Or have they been pressed, you know, 20, 30 well, years later? Since, yeah, I think they've been done since. Uh, it, initially, well, there's always talk about I did 666 copies, it's absolute bollocks. Um, originally, I think was there was 5,000 copies printed. And I think they sold out very, very quickly. Mm. You know, um, and at the time, we, we were still doing some fairly small shows. And just as, uh, just out of curiosity, I went and had a look at my diary uh, to see where we were the day it was released, November the 9th. Iron Maiden was supposed to have played the, uh, the bandwagon where um, Steve and myself went and took the, the original cassette and gave it to uh, Neil Kay. And he, he ended up playing it and playing it and playing it to the point where Prowler ended up number one in the heavy metal charts. And uh, I know it says on Wikipedia that it was Steve and Dave that did that. It wasn't, it was me and Steve. You know, the less the band were actually sort of rehearsing or playing, everybody else had other things to do. You know, socially, they, they, we didn't get together that often. Um, but I think like me sort of living closest to Steve, if ever I'd received a phone call, for, like, so, yeah, but, um, if, band, if Steve wasn't at work, and we were getting phone calls out of hours. They were coming to me, and I lived a ten-minute walk from Steve. So I, I'd take the call, walk round to Steve's house, get in his nan's car, go back to my house, and phone these people back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how we had to do it. That's great. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. an interesting time of year. Um, from oh, from sort of September onwards, there's there's just this um this wave of anniversaries of, of albums being released and singles being released. And yeah. um, I think that's how they used to do it back then. It was the release season and not just for Maiden, a lot of other bands as well yeah. used to, used to release. As, as it turned out, I was saying that we ended up, uh, we're supposed to have played these uh, bandwagon. Um, we ended up actually doing a gig in um, playing at a place called the Nine Volts Club in Aberavon in Wales. Uh, that's that's where we were, and I thought there might be something in my diaries that I mentioned. Now releasing the EP, there's actually nothing there at all. All it well, says is not not bad gig, not many people. That's, that's all you need to and say. That's, that's, that's my diary note for you know, 19 November 1979. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Truly historic day. Yeah. Well, 9th of November. Yeah. So I mean, it, uh, this show should well and truly be out by. Uh, Saturday the 9th, so by the time you watch this, uh, uh, 
by the time this will this will be out, November nine should well and truly be. Well, out. It, it would be interesting because somebody actually sent me, or John Doofus, uh, uh, membership zero zero one. Uh, he said to me, "Has anybody got anything planned?" There was a celebration, and I went, "Not that I know of." So it would would be interesting to find out in the comments below. Um, yeah, um, if anything is actually planned for uh, the anniversary of. Uh, Release of the Sandhouse tapes. Yeah. Would be interesting. Well, look, here at Satellite 664, we're sort of celebrating by talking about it. So, um, yeah. But it'd be, be, be interesting to see what other people are doing as well for it. Yes, um, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, um, the, I was thinking with the, uh, just uh, when you and I started chatting today, I noticed you're, you're wearing the Brooklyn Event shirt. Which which yes. I love. It's one of my favourite event shirts that Maiden have ever done, and um, yeah, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> and I'm wearing one too, but I'm wearing a different <coughs> event shirt. I'm wearing the the Dubai uh, nine, uh, 2007 event shirt. So, um, and what I've always loved about Iron Maiden event shirts is that Eddie is. Um, participating in well usually destructive activities but but in the setting of of um scenery local, local or culture local culture yes local culture well he's in scenery and landmarks which reflect the local culture and um <laughs> there's so what you want to know is why is eddie always ripping the heads off of kangaroos on the Australian tour shirt. How did you know that? How did you know what goes on <laughs> in my... Psychic, mate. I told, told you, you know, we're Taurus. We oh, know. we are, yes. <laughs> That's right. For those that don't know, Loopy and I, um, our birthdays are separated by 48 hours. So... Um, yeah, it's mad. Absolutely mad. I'm, I'm late April, you're early May. And, and as you... I think you said something interesting. When when I first um, met you, we were both wearing the same T-shirt as well. So... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Carlton Hawks is both wearing the uh, the uh, the green um, Aces High. Aces High shirt, yeah. 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 So, Absolutely. so yeah, I think I think you you kind of know what goes on this cerebral cortex. Um, sometimes. So, yes, look, I, I I have been thinking about it with the the announcement impending in um in the next couple of days of the uh, the tour, and we can now say, I mean, they've openly now announced they've announced that an announcement is coming on November seven for um, Australia and New Zealand, it got me thinking about what the art department at Maiden Towers would be thinking about uh, designing the new event shirts for this tour. And I was looking over some of the past event shirts from the Australian tour, and there is a very common theme that Eddie um, has a penchant for uh, slaughtering our national icon, the kangaroo. Yeah. Skippy. Yeah, like, due to this conversation we had the other day, um, that prompted me to actually get in touch with Steve and ask the question. And I will read you exactly, <laughs> exactly what I wrote. I doubt if I've got a response yet. Um, quick question for you. I have a good friend in Australia who wants to know why Aussie t-shirts always show Eddie slaughtering kangaroos. Is there an obvious reason, or is it that just is it just that Eddie can't stand kangaroos? <laughs> now I've not had a response, but that was my question to him. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 
be perfectly honest, I would like to know if this is going to continue um, or where where have we where have we we've noticed um, like on the the London shows where you've got Eddie bursting out the top of the O2 um, or going back two years ago um, at the Newcastle Metro um, Eddie bursting out the top of the Metro you know why isn't he bursting out the top of a venue in Australia and destroying something other than a kangaroo yes. So just to give everybody an idea, uh, a little idea, uh, we'll go through, the, through all the tours. Um, the 1982 Based on the Road Australian tour, Derek Riggs actually uh, painted a picture of you know, Eddie in his yellow T-shirt and jeans with a, a cork hat, an axe, and a whole lot of kangaroos dead upside down. Now that, uh, I think, was banned so they, they didn't end up using that, but but the image uh, has sort of endured over the years. Surfaced, uh, yeah. Surfaced, yeah. Um, Surfaced. 1985, they sort of skipped that theme, but 2008, the 2008 tour, you've got Eddie um, in the in the Australian desert in in um, Uluru, uh, slaughtering kangaroos again. And in 2011, he's got a, a didgeridoo, which is an instrument that the indigenous Aborigines use, and he's he's about to clobber a certain a certain marsupial, a certain mammal. Um, <laughs> Couldn't they have been a bit more original? Like stick the didgeridoo up the fucking yeah, things' arse and, and blow, it got blow me, it up. Yeah, and and <laughs> it got me thinking. It got me thinking. Uh, you know, um, as I, I have seen the band in London, I've seen the band in New York, and both those cities get event-specific shirts. And it got me thinking that we've never here in Australia had a city-specific event shirt. And uh, it sort of prompted me to raise this question with you that, I mean, you've got uh, a city like Sydney, which which really is one of the sort of prominent uh, cities, global cities, and yet... Um, a city like that has never actually had a specific event shirt, and you've got so much to play with there. You've got the Opera House, you've got well, again, the the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Can you imagine Eddie creating havoc on Sydney they, Harbour? They they wouldn't do anything about the Opera House quite simply because they're not playing there, or it's unlikely that they will play there. So that sort of rules that out, really. But Whereas my, the bridge, yeah. yeah but the my bridge. rebuttal, my loopy, my rebuttal to that though is that in the previous New York shirts, Eddie has been um, the Statue of Liberty, and um, you know he's he's wreaked havoc on the Brooklyn Bridge, and in London, I believe he was the Queen's Queen's Guard at one point as well, wasn't he? In in two thousand eight, so um, as with as with Paris, he's ruined the Eiffel Eiffel Tower. I would love to see a city-specific Australian shirt. And even though I'm from Melbourne, even though I think Melbourne's the greatest city in the world, um, I don't think we warrant necessarily a shirt. But Sydney, on the other hand, and God, I'm loath to say this, but because Melbourne and Sydney don't sort of you know, really like each other, <laughs> but but Sydney Sydney is a very has some very world-famous iconic landmarks. I would love to see the maiden art department 
do something like that rather than killing kangaroos. <laughs> you know what they're going to do, though, don't you? No, they're like, going to kill kangaroos. Yeah, but what they're going to do is use kangaroos to smash the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, look, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Let's let's hope someone from the art department's listening to this and yeah, fe- who knows? feeds, feeds who it knows? back feeds it back to uh, the powers that be. And, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see. Again, you know, we welcome your comments down below. Yeah, especially um, especially any of the Australians that watch this show, and there are a few, but. I'm actually more interested in people, uh, you know, uh, non non Australians who have been here before for holiday, who have seen the sites. What do you think the um, the art department could do with this coming Australian tour? What oh, yeah. what concepts? Yeah, yeah, for those of you who have travelled here, have been here. Um, yes, we've got kangaroos, we've got snakes, we've got you know awfully dangerous spiders we've got you know 20 foot great white sharks but but it's not just about dangerous wildlife there are other things in this country what do you think would you like to see the maiden art department do um so comment on our facebook page comment as loopy yes. likes doing on the, the bottom the bottom down, of this, below. down below down below what else we got in the news loopy let's um let's drive this home what else we got in the news uh, before we came on air, I'm a bit of an aviation fan, and I wondered on the whereabouts of Air Force One. Oh, now, yes. if any, anybody knows, um, the flight number or the flight uh, code was TFAAK. Yes. And she is currently with Saudi Airways, and she's still flying today. So has she got the Saudi livery? Yeah, yeah. Wow. She looks fantastic. Is she, she doing fantastic. is she doing international flights or is it domestic within no, Saudi? It's, it's all domestic. It's all domestic within Saudi. It's you know sort of uh, Medina to uh, Jeddah and return, and then it'll go off somewhere else. But it is all within Saudi. Which I mean, okay, Saudi's a big place, but seven four seven. Do I fill them up? Before before they um, they hired uh, that that aircraft. Did it originally belong to Saudi Airways before? No, no, it's with um, uh, Icelandic, uh, Icelandic, Atlantic Airways. Yeah. Atlantic, something like that. But, yes, I I think she's still on lease now. I think she's still uh, on lease. Yeah. Well, Lupi and I are both um, aviation fans, Um, so so, uh, we... At some point, I, I really do want to do an entire show about Air Force One, uh, all, yes, all three yes, versions yes. of it, and hopefully get someone on to, to talk about that. Because as I said, I'm we're 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 both aviation nuts. Um, that would be good. That would be in good. fact, in fact, a little known fact. Um, now, over the last couple of years, I've been watching um, a thing, and I will give them a quick plug because these guys are brilliant. Uh, there's a, a page on Facebook called Big Jet TV. And if you're an aviation fan and you want to see live streaming, that is the place to go. Big Jet TV. Um, now, I think I've got a website which is bigjet.tv. Um, you go there, uh, find them on Facebook, become a supporter. It costs you 
It's about four pound a month. And for that four pound a month, you get at least uh, two live streams a week, probably two to three hours at a time. Uh, and they go all over the world, mm. all over the world. And it is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, to me, it's, it's just one of the best things ever. Mm. And it turns out that these two guys that, that started it, uh, Jerry and Johnny, um, it was Johnny who no, is no longer there, but he was the one that actually turned around and said that um, what actually got him into doing it was uh, seeing people film Ed Falls One landing in, in the UK. Oh, wow. Uh, probably at Stansted, I would have thought. Wow. I don't think he ever landed at Heathrow, but it, it was, it, I think he did. He saw a video of someone filming Ed Falls One, and that's what actually got him into doing live streaming wow that's incredible and, uh, yeah i mean uh, you, you look at it and you go well if you're going to start somewhere you know, you, know you raise an interesting point i've actually have spoken over the over the years to um a few maiden fans who have developed an interest in aviation by f being exposed to ed force one and f you know going watching ed force one because you know they go to the airport <clears throat> They see Ed Force One, and all of a sudden, a week later, they're back plane spotting and watching other planes. So it's, 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 it's good. It's a knock-on effect. It is a knock-on knock effect. effect. I mean, I've been in aviation since I was a kid. I mean, my dad took me to my first air show, um, nineteen sixty-three. So I was six. Wow. Not knowing much about it, uh, but watching Spitfires fly Ooh. over Biggin Hill. Ooh. You know, things like that, and then, of course, like you've got like the, the big loud jets, and it was like, wow, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I've got I can go back almost 60 years just watching aircraft yeah. to the point where now, I mean, I've got I've got my own aviation page, I've got my, my own YouTube page, um, where if I get the chance to film aircraft, that's what I do. You know, I'll sit in the camera and I'll film something. And I'll, Uploaded to YouTube, um, but what, what I also found was that uh, because on my Facebook page uh, I have a lot of maiden contacts and a lot of maiden friends, and I'm amazed at how many of them have all got little videos or photos that they send me because they're all AV geeks. It's it's like I, I you know. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought I was, you know, sort of, I thought I was on my own. I was the only sort of ex-maiden sort of crew member, also stroke fan, that is in AV. And uh, yeah, turns out I'm not by no. far. No. It, look, it is a, it is a fascinating hobby, and and it's one of those sort of areas of interest which is so diverse, and has mm. something for everybody. Yeah. You know, if, I mean, if anybody's actually interested, my uh, my Facebook page is Avia uh, Loopy's Aviation Group. Go check it out, and it's a terrific yeah. group. I love it. I love come, it. come and join me. Come and join me. Yeah. All right. Look to finish off, Loop. I want to um, eh, sort of. I want to end it on a negative note, but there's been a lot of hysteria the last few days in the in the news and the tabloids about. The personal life of Mr. Bruce a Dickinson, member. Yeah, yeah, Mr. A Bruce, member of the band, yeah. Bruce Dickinson, and 
Um, for those who still don't know, it's come out in the news now that uh, Bruce has separated from his wife of 29 years, Patty, is uh, living with um, his new partner, uh, a, a lady in uh, Paris, and the tabloids are out in force spreading misinformation and quite cheap, not just misinformation, but cheap misinformation. And, um, you know, as, as unfortunately is today's world, the, the small-minded um, uh, people that are drawn to that sort of gutter quality gossip, they're out in force on social media online with, um, you know, quite uncharitable troll troll-like comments. Um, my take is, look, I, I don't really care. I, I just don't care. I'm an Iron Maiden fan. I'm a fan of the music. I'm a fan of the band. I'm a f- and obviously I'm a collector. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the merchandise. I couldn't care less what the guys do in their personal life. Okay, at the end of the day, as we were saying in the last episode, they're just normal people like you and I. They get up in the morning, they go to the bathroom, they um, then go grocery shopping, get on with their daily lives. I, I don't care. Yeah, in, the art, in the article, they called him Brian Dickinson. Now, now you would think that you'd do your research there. Um, number one, they said that he's, um, he's looking at a 90 million pound divorce settlement. As far as I know, there's no divorce plans and Bruce has gone on record saying his fortune is nowhere near that anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, the, his partner is purported to be... Yeah, I, I think, I think that there might have been a couple of, uh, a couple of zeros added there. Of course. If anything, you know, Again, force sensa- sensationalism and it's purported that his partner is... Um, is uh, what fifteen to twenty years younger than him, which is actually a lie. The the age difference is a lot closer. So um, d- don't believe what you read. Don't believe what you read. Yeah. Your take, Luke. I, I totally understand and totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I can't add much more, but what I will add is how many more times. Have we got to bring this up? As you said, Bruce, any member of the band, it doesn't matter who they are, deserve respect. They deserve to have us out of their lives. Yes, okay, he's a public figure. We understand that. Don't get me wrong, but leave him alone. At the end of the day, it's nothing to do with you, Kaz. It's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with absolutely anybody. Leave the guy alone. Mm. Now, if, if it was me and you in the same boat, yeah, we'd support each other. But, yeah, for fuck's sake, it's, you know, it, how many more times have we got to say it? Yeah, and the other... Per- no yeah, the and other... It, it, you know, as you said, you know, he gets up in the morning, he has a fucking shit the same as everybody else does. You know, it, he's, he's human. That's right. That's right. And the it's other point... to do with anybody else. The other point that I do want to make... Tabloids. Tabloids have got hold of it. It is. And, and the other... Sorry. And bent it out of... Out of just bent it out of proportion. 
yeah, as the other, usual. The other point that I do want to make is that um, in his book, in his uh, his book that he's written, what does this button do? Bruce has gone on record saying that he deliberately um, omitted or left out details about his family life, about his wife and his children, because he doesn't feel that other people's personal lives should be, um, uh, you know, for all the world to see. Uh, yep. So, you know... So if, surely that should work the other way. Well, we see what they did to Princess Diana, you know, sort of all those years ago and and countless other people. And, uh, I mean, this is obviously on a much, much, much lower level, lower sort of scale. <laughs> And, and there, there has been a really good discussion about this actually on the Iron Maiden fan club forum. And I think there's some quite sensible people saying sensible things about um, just about respecting privacy and staying out of it. You know? Exactly. Exactly. We, you know, at the end of the day, he's not a criminal. No. You know, so leave the fucker alone. He's, look, he's a wonderful human being. Um, he's actually a he's actually a gentleman. He's very pleasant um, to speak with, and um, you know his his achievements are well. We don't need to go through them. There's no point. We know them, but they're very admirable. We have a tour announcement <laughs> in a couple of days, <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> that's the only thing that matters at the moment. So don't you don't you go getting out excited? No. <laughs> no, look, I'm I'm more interested in some of the as we've seen the last episode. I'm more interested in some of the exotic places they're going to play. You know, um, the rumours of the Philippines. I've never played in Manila. The the rumours of the, Dubai and Israel and um, you know, there's there's word about uh, yeah, Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, Gothenburg. Oh, uh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Hamburg, Paris. Again, yeah. all rumours, but. You know, you and I know our sources are pretty good, so and all very beautiful cities. Great. That's yes, it. yes, it. indeed, indeed. Good, mate. That right. and that wraps uh, that wraps episode eight. So um, we'll catch up with you soon. I just traced the number eight like this. So like mine just looks like a wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. We'll uh, take good care. One. Take care. Good we'll one. see you all for episode nine. Look after yourselves, hug the ones you love, and stay safe. And don't forget, website is still not up. So if anybody needs a copy of the book, please go to eBay and buy it now. Loopy World, Loopy World, The Iron Maiden Years on eBay. Get it, get it, and educate yourself. You'll learn learn the full story about the sound house tapes all on there. Yes, that's true. This is true. This is very true. God bless. Take care. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.